everybody. My name is Courtney Hake, and today I will be talking to you about the equity and education problem called the school to prison pipeline. When I first found out about this equity and education podcast, I knew I was going to want to do mine on the school to prison pipeline. I had learned about this last year in my multicultural education class, and I found it to be really interesting, and I wanted to know more about it and what I could do to help. So what is it anyways? The school-to-prison pipeline is, quote, a disturbing national trend wherein children are funneled out of a public school system and into juvenile and criminal justice systems. Many of these children have learning disabilities or histories of poverty, abuse, or neglect, and would benefit from additional educational and counseling services. Instead, they are isolated, punished, and pushed out, end quote. So how it works is in an infographic I found on the ACLU website, it said that, quote, students suspended or expelled for discretionary violation are nearly three times more likely to be in contact with the juvenile justice system the following year, end quote. So what causes the school-to-prison pipeline? Well, zero-tolerance policies are one of the key players in the pipeline. Zero-tolerance policies are policies that require schools to harshly punish students when certain rules are broken. Circumstances, whether it was self-defense or if the student has any history of disciplinary problems, are not taken into account. Schools have to punish them, which usually looks like suspension or expulsion. These policies that were first written into school handbooks in the 1990s have proven to have a negative effect on students and a disproportionately negative effect on minority students. These policies mean students are punished without a second thought. Overly harsh disciplinary policies is another key player. Similar to the idea of zero-tolerance policies, suspension takes students out of the classroom, leaving them unsupervised and with no constructive activity, leading them to fall behind. A number of other things feeds this pipeline. Inadequate resources in public schools is one of these. Classrooms are often overcrowded. There's a lack of qualified teachers and very insufficient funds. An increased reliance on police and school hallways is another thing that feeds the pipeline. So what does the pipeline affect and who? This pipeline poses the most dominant threat on minority students, those with histories of poverty and students with disabilities. In the same infographic I found on the ACLU website, it says, quote, black students are suspended and expelled three times more than white students, end quote. For my podcast, I created a survey asking a variety of questions on the school-to-prison pipeline. My hope for the survey was to gather what people in my community did and didn't know about the pipeline. The questions I posed were, one, have you heard of the school-to-prison pipeline? Two, have you heard of zero-tolerance policies? Three, What do you think are the reasons for the increase of suspension, expulsions, and school-based arrests? Four, should disorderly conduct or disruptive behavior be enough to warrant arrest at school? And five, how can we ensure safe public schools while respecting all students' right to education? I got varied responses from community members. After analyzing the data, I saw that out of 22 people that completed the survey, 23% had heard of the school-to-prison pipeline, 73% had never heard of it, and 5% maybe had heard of it. 
For the question of if they had heard of zero tolerance policies, 82% had heard of them, 14% of people thought they may have heard of them, and 5% had never heard of them. For the question of if disorderly conduct or disruptive behavior should be enough to warrant arrest at school, 9% thought it should be enough to warrant arrest at school, 45% thought no, it shouldn't be enough, 41% thought maybe, and then 5% thought other. For the other questions, participants responded in a short answer. For the question of what do you think are the reasons for the increase of suspension, expulsions, and school-based arrests, the most common responses were poor family situations, drugs and alcohol, inconsistency at home and school in a child's life, lack of parenting and discipline, lack of respect from students, racial profiling and biases, and zero tolerance policies. For the question of how can we ensure safe public schools while respecting all students' right to education, the most common responses were implementing mindfulness or counseling programs in school, also using de-escalation and conflict mediation, investing more in mental health resources within public school districts, mandatory one-on-ones, being sure to treat all students equally, putting time and effort into every student, setting boundaries and involving the interests of different students, consistently enforcing rules, but making sure we aren't reinforcing students in a way that comes off as a punishment, police officers and metal detectors, teaching respect, increased funding to schools, specifically those in the inner cities whose students are from low-income communities, increased social-emotional health, increased culturally responsive teaching practices, provide professional development for teachers to design instruction to engage kids at the margins, support school staff with understanding their own biases and institutional racism. When analyzing all this data, I can see overlaps between my own data and the research I did. It was interesting to see all the different perspectives and how varied the possible solutions were. As I get ready to wrap this up, I can't help but think of how eye-opening it was for me to see how diverse my community is, even when it comes to their own children. But I think what was most eye-opening was how many people were not educated on the topic or had ever heard of it. Although it may not be very present in the little school district in my community, it's still a problem that needs to be addressed. Because although it may not look like we have a school-to-prison pipeline problem, there are things within the school district that are not helping students and is causing an increase in student dropout rates. So although it may not look identical, it can be presented in different ways in varying levels. We can use what we learn from the pipeline to help prevent it from forming in our own district. Thank you for listening.